<laughs> I'm trying to think which one I masturbated to more. Oh, what? <laughs> what happened, Hulkster? What happened, Hulkster? By the way, Real American, written by uh, Rick Dillinger. Rick Derringer. Sorry, yeah. Rick Derringer. Uh, which song was better seeing Hogan go down the aisle to the ring to? That one or Eye of the Tiger? Two oh, big this one. No, 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 no. No, Eye of the Tiger is Rocky, dude. That's his song. Let's let our guest decide. Let's let our guest decide. Is he on the phone? Yeah, he is on the phone. Our guest today, I can't believe this is the first time we're having him on, because we love this guy. Uh, literally, can, can I intro? Or of course. Do, you, you, let's tag team intro. Go let's ahead. British Bulldogs this. Let's okay, do it. Okay, you start it off and I'll, I'll, I'll bring it home. Which British Bulldog are you? I'm Davey Boy Smith. I'm the <laughs> other one. Dynamite Kid. Yeah. I'm, there you go. I'm the other one. <laughs> <laughs> You kick, it, you kick it off. You kick it off. Uh, and then first I got of all, he has a, I got something special. He has a podcast right here on this network on I've the heard ATC. Of it. I've heard of it. It's called Good Times. I've been a guest. You I think it should be called Great Times. I have credits. Yeah, okay. I, I think it should be called Great Times, too. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. But he's a we big take fan. It up a notch. He's a big fan of Jimmy Walker in that TV show when they were living in the hood. So that's where it's named you know after. Something, Is that what it's not named after? Give him a real intro, you piece of I shit. I just said he's got a, a podcast on the network, and then you said you were going to dynamite kid in. Go ahead. Oh, God. Okay, this guy literally is not only... I, I got to tell you, when I when I bring some guys on the road with me, you know, I don't always watch them. That would be you. Um, but there are other times where I sit back and I become uh, like a comedy fan again. And I worked with this gentleman recently in Tampa. And there's something that's happened, I think, the last year or two where he's just gone to another level. And I absolutely, I think his stand-up's fucking awesome. But on top of that, he's like the greatest guy in the yeah. world. And I have to, we're going to play this for him while we intro. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Good Times <laughs> Podcast. He's All a great stand-up. He's from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's an incredible stand-up, a great comic, a better human being, the nicest man from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Steve Simone! Yeah, there it is. Hey, guys. What's up, Simone? How are you? Uh, dude, I, don't, I just feel bad that I didn't make it to the studio for this. I just want to hang out with you guys. I know. This is awesome. Thanks for getting me in the mix. <laughs> hang out have some laughs in person. Well, by the way, by the way, Simone's probably doing like a toy drive somewhere today. I mean, this guy, <laughs> this guy's always doing something for the kids. He's donating blood. He's doing something. He, you do so much work with the Children's Hospital Los Amazing. Angeles. I'm a father of two, and I feel guilty. I'm like, oh, maybe I should hang with my kids today. Yeah. But like Simone is literally <laughs> going to the hospital, getting them Chuck E. Cheese parties, yeah. doing like toy drives, and these kids are getting like, not just like, they're not getting like a teddy bear. They're no. getting like real, like, like flying drones and stuff. Simone, <laughs> honestly, like, you're unbelievable. How did your, let's just start talking about the Children's Hospital. How did you get started with, 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 the, great, with the great work at, at Children's Hospital? Um, it, I just saw people that needed help, and nobody was really helping, so I just did whatever I could do. And 
it's amazing how other people come through. I don't really do anything, man. I just let people know there are kids out there that need help, and it's amazing how the world just comes out to help. I mean, but you me, spearhead I, everything. You're doing blood drives. You're doing toy yeah. drives. It, it, I mean, um, look, I I don't know. Like, just, I'll give all the credit in the world to another comic and pro wrestling fan. This guy named Johnny Laquasta, mm-hmm. who. Uh, it was a few years ago when I I heard about a little kid. Actually, it was two years ago at WrestleMania. It's where I saw uh, there was a little kid in my older brother's neighborhood that was a wrestling fan that had a rare disease. And uh, I came back from WrestleMania and I realized I just didn't have enough stuff to send the kid. You know, like I was just looking at the box of things I wanted to, like a care package to just make this kid's uh the struggle he was going through a little more enjoyable, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? It's not enough. So I turned to social media. It was the first, because I don't really like, like, I think sometimes like charity work and stuff should be more private. Right. You know what? But, but it's also like, if, if you don't let people know kids out there need help, nobody can, can or will help. Well, yeah, so yeah. I went to social media and I said, look, there's a little, hey, I know I'm some, through all the people I met through the late great Rowdy Piper. It was like, I know I had some wrestling people in my social media network, and I said, hey, there's a very sick little boy that's a huge wrestling fan. I want to send him a care package. And it was amazing how everybody stepped up to help. And they, uh, there was a guy that listens to my podcast, took his kids to Toys R Us, and they cleaned out the, the wrestling section. Guys like Stephen Boykman from the Comedy Store was a guy of a buddy that works for the WWE. And then Johnny Lacoste was like, I can get you this, this, and this. And uh, he was like, hey, I also do some volunteer work down at Children's Hospital. And that's, that, that's where it started. Wow. And we went down there to, to see a blood drive because they desperately need blood. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, I just want to give you their phone number. Yeah. You can donate blood. Uh, their number is 323-361-2441 for the blood, uh, blood donor center at Children's Hospital. And then I was in. I met a great guy down at Children's Hospital that, that his job is getting blood, named my buddy Raul. And that was it. I, we just started to do blood drives, and I started to become friends with some of the families down there and just just trying to help. But you're such a nice guy, too, because I, I know that if Steve went to, to do one of these drives, he would just show up at Children's Hospital with a bunch of his DVDs. Yo, hey kids, who wants champion? I mean, like he would put no effort into going to Toys R Us. He would just pass out that shit and make those kids more miserable. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, I gotta tell you, you could cheer him up though. That joke went nowhere. (laughs) That joke bombed. On season four. Okay. (laughs) Anywho, Simone. Let me just. (laughs) What, Gary? Did Simone get a part? (laughs) Just break balls, and I love how dude. I knew Gary for years. Before I knew he had a black belt and ball break. <laughs> <laughs> they were always just so nice to me. I was Gary Cavender. What's Gary Cavender talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we wanted. So we see. Here's what we're. we're Can I say ex- this real quick yes. before before yes. we get to the meat and potatoes of the yes, whole show? Go. Do me a favor. <laughs> You're listening to the dojo right now. You are. You are here every week at the dojo with us. I could not stress this enough. Go to iTunes right now and download "Remember This" by Steve Simone. It's nine ninety nine. It's literally one of the funniest stand up albums you'll hear, and it will make you reflect to all those good times 
thus the podcast name. And he just hits a nerve. Uh, no, nobody's wow. doing what Simone is doing. Nobody. Where you go back in time and recollect about all those positive, great childhood memories. And I, I sit in the back and I watch him tell these stories. Uh, you know, these personal stories that everybody can relate to. And you just see the audience all looking at each other or high-fiving each other. I haven't seen that type of response since my last special taping. Um, (laughs) But honestly, do me a favor. Download Remember This. You will thank me later. It's fucking awesome. Go ahead, Gary. I'm sorry to interrupt. And and if you download Happy Hour, that was your second one, there's a $25 mail-in rebate. (laughs) <laughs> Gary, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Nobody's now let's get to the let's get to the crux of why why we have Simone here. By the way, I do I do love. I mean, there's there's you know, obviously, uh, we all grew up watching wrestling back. I think when it was so much better than it is now, right? So much better. But yeah. do you still so so Steve? Uh, for our audience uh, who does not know, is a huge huge wrestling fan, and WrestleMania is this Sunday. Now, yep. as a fan uh, of wrestling, will you get it, or will you? Are you not as interested in it anymore as you once were? Um, I'm I'm very disappointed with the current product, and the only reason I'm disappointed with the current product is because I love it so much. Does yeah, that make sense. Like, if I didn't care, I just wouldn't care. I'd be like, eh, whatever. I outgrew it. But um, it's just it's just not good. It was so much better when we were kids. But uh, it's because when you're a kid, you believe it, right? Because I'm, look, correct. I'm 41, and I have a lot of friends that still love wrestling. And I'm like, but why wouldn't you just watch UFC where it's real and they do not like each other? Like, when you're young, it's it's fun. It's a soap opera for kids. But correct. then you get older, you're like, well, it's all fucking there, fake. And well, is, why are you still into this shit? There is this believability when we're kids. You look good for 41. There is this believability. Shut the fuck up. To, by the way, it's, it, Steve, it's hard to believe it's WrestleMania 32, right? Uh, Yeah. And yep. it's it, it's going to be in Dallas. In Dallas. Stone Cold Steve Austin's coming back. Right. We don't know what he's going to do. But uh, I will watch it. But this will be, I don't think I really want, okay, this is how bad wrestling got in my opinion, uh, that the last time I really watched wrestling was at WrestleMania last year with Gabriel Iglesias. In San and Jose. And I was like, yeah, and then I got back into it briefly, and I'm like, it's just, it's just not, it's not being handled properly, in my opinion. The creative aspect of it. The reason why we thought it was real when we were kids wasn't just because we were kids, but because the way the, the way wrestling was sold was that the matches were important. And you cared about good guys versus bad guys. And then mm-hmm. we entered that postmodern era of uh, the anti-hero where you weren't sure if a guy was good or bad. And there were two great wrestling personalities that were able to do that amazingly. You had The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That attitude era, in my opinion, was the last great period of pro wrestling. But once you took away the fact that the matches didn't matter and it wasn't no, it was no longer a story of good versus evil because what made a, a bad guy a bad guy in the eighties was the fact that he would cheat to win. Right. He would cheat to win, like if Roddy Piper went too drunk <laughs> in a foreign object and, hit, and, and you know what I mean. This is so Yeah. Right. Right. I I love that the ref the ref 
the ref was looking towards the audience, and eighty people right. are telling him to turn around. Crazy. <laughs> like, eight thousand people are going turn around. I haven't seen that bad acting since Gary Cannon. I think right. <laughs> Wrestling's gotten so bad. TBS is buying it. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you, Burn. I didn't want to go that way, and then you just cheap shot at me. <laughs> Fuck right? You. you just gave me a pile driver. But, but, but you're, you're saying it used to be because because guys were just bad. They were just bad, right? But they always had like yeah. like Elizabeth. Wasn't she with was she, Macho was she, Man? She was with Macho, Macho Man. Man yeah. And I was like, why is this beautiful woman with this <laughs> bad guy? But like Hulkster never had like a chick with him. And so it was kind of cool to be bad. By the way, by the way, it was so funny. Do you, I remember years and years ago when when the Iron Sheik finally lost the belt to Hogan. This was years and years ago. And I remember Freddie Blassie was his manager. And I remember backstage, they're being interviewed by Mean Gene. And Freddie Blassie said the reason Hogan won is because that referee is his uncle. The, 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 that, that, <laughs> remember, remember the guy, the, the referee was uh, Rich Hebner or something like that, yeah. right? And I got to tell you, as a kid, you're like, why the hell would his uncle ref a match between his nephew <laughs> and the Iron Sheik. And, yeah. and it, 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 it's believable. I mean, you're like, I can't believe that Freddie Blassie's the guy calling this out. You know what I mean? Like, I truly believe the that voice, he was the uncle. The voice of reason is classic Freddie Blassie. Yeah. <laughs> but here's, here's what's but interesting. Think, oh, go ahead, Steve. I think you made, you made a great point as to what the difference was between the product then and the product now. You mentioned Mean Gene Okerlund. And to me, this is what I think of. When I was a little kid, Mean Gene Okerlund would be backstage, and he would interview the bad guys, and he would interview the good guys. <laughs> At no point were those guys near each other. Good guys and bad guys. The only time they were close to each other was in the ring, right. because you believe they wanted to kick each other's ass. Now you have pro wrestling where the guys are not, there's no more Mean Gene. There's no more buffer between the combatants. So you have guys standing in the ring holding microphones just giving speeches or soliloquies while the guy there, I'm going to kick your butt. And he's standing. (laughs) I'm so angry right now. I'm like, drop the mic and kick each other's ass. (laughs) Right. I'm so angry, but I'm going to stay here. Drop the mic and kick each other's asses. That's, no, right, right. That's like the eight-year-old in you. Like, that's yeah. the eight-year-old rationalizing it all. So that's the problem now is because I don't watch it like you two. Like, you watch it, Gary. Yeah, not as much, but yeah, a little bit. Simone, you watch it. I know, like, you you went, like, with Gabriel Iglesias. Like, Gabriel Iglesias is Huge. super into it, and he's yeah. got his crew into it. And I'm just like, you guys, we're 40. What right. the fuck? Like okay, I don't get to me. I don't mean to be the devil's advocate, but what what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like Batman okay, versus Superman, I'll go see that shit. It's a movie. It's yeah, it's comic it's books. The same it's, thing. It's, it's not. It's a like, movie. I, I'm not like I hope. You know, I, I hope that I, I can't even name a wrestler these days. I have no idea. <laughs> I couldn't name you one. I could care less. Yeah, you know why? Okay, the, in my opinion, the best wrestling is on the indie circuit right now because. Oh, here we go. You're the hipster of, of wrestling now. No. Hello, they, Natasha. They, they, still approach, <laughs> they approach it with, I, I would go with Autistic Thunder, this thing called Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, there's a complete suspension of disbelief. There's something that, that can happen. Like Roddy Piper once told me, like, the, the greatest thing is, like, when a pro wrestler gets hit with a real shot and somebody's watching the match and they go, that's not real. Oh, wait, 
that was real. Wait, I think this guy's really mad. Right. And then you would get get into it. Like, I think some of the stuff, because of the internet and access to information, what people love most is the real-life drama behind the scenes. Like, I will get lost for hours on YouTube and listen to, like, old Harley Race shoot interviews or stories about, uh, you know, King Haku being the toughest guy ever to walk the earth. Do you remember that guy? Uh, Haku? Yeah. Yeah. They said, like, he was once in a bar fight and, like, broke some guy's jaw off. He, like, reached into his mouth and broke his jaw off. He did it like King Kong in that King Kong movie where he opened the T-Rex's mouth and split it open? (laughs) Yeah, that's where they got it from. He did it in real life to a a bad guy in a bar. Like, they have to do something. Like, I get your point where you go, this is stupid, this is all fake. But there's there's a, something that can happen with pro wrestling, and it doesn't happen often anymore. But when it works, it's the coolest form of entertainment there is. When it works, it's because it's part movie, it's part rock concert, it's part athletic event. It's it's really really cool. But, it, but I it, think they need to make it more about what happens in the ring and less about what's going on. Well, it, look, I think because everything's a reality show now. You know, they have that WWE, like, divas on E, right? Yeah. So that's drama that fuels into the matches, I'm sure. I, I have no idea. I'm just guessing. Is that correct? Well, it brought in a whole other demographic. Like, I think that started to bring, like, more women into it and stuff like that. Or but, horny guys in their 40s watching divas. Yeah, because years divas. ago we had the fabulous moolah that we beat off to. <laughs> but, 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 but I remember that. But 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 it's interesting. So by the way, because I before we rush out of time, I just, I really want to get to this because you know you were a big 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 wrestling fan as a kid and just watched it and you know just knew everything inside and out like I did. And then you know you fast forward years later and you know here's this little kid from Philly that now lives in L.A. and you become really good friends with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Like, how does that whole dynamic come together? And, you know, obviously when he passed away, that had to be just, you know, a huge void for you. I mean, like, how does that, Yeah. how does that whole thing come together? And how does that, you know, as a little kid who just was a, a, a Piper's, I remember I just met him one time and that was a bucket list item for me. I'm like, and wow. he was a guy that you hated as a kid, but you still were like, there's something cool about him. Yes. You know what I mean? You yeah. never like truly hated Roddy yeah. Roddy Piper. You were still like, he's a he's like a good bad guy. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Even as a kid, I, yeah. I picked up on that. So it, it's crazy because here you are and you, and you move, you come out to L.A. And how does the whole, you know. Divine intervention. Yeah. Well, so, okay, first I'll say this. Byrne makes a great point about wrestling for kids. I always, that's who it's for. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. But I think it could be the type of entertainment that's so fun you can enjoy it on different levels throughout your life. Like, when you're eight, you're like, this is real. By the time I got to college, I'm like, this is hysterical. So, as a little kid, I remember one of the first phone calls. I Because when you're a little boy, you just get on your bike and you leave your house and you go see your friends. You know, when you're 10 years old, you're not like, okay, do you want me, when do you want to meet outside in three minutes? No, you just go outside. Like, I, my point being, I didn't get a lot of phone calls <laughs> as a kid. Because you don't need a phone when you're 11. But I remember watching wrestling, like, on a Saturday morning. I'm like, Mom, I need to use the phone. She said, what's the matter? I'm like, I got to call Brian. And I remember calling my buddy Brian Moss, and I'm like, are you watching this? Is this the boss, the Piper guy? Somebody's going to have to stop him. He's like, 
I know, I know. I think Hulk Hogan's just the guy that can do it. <laughs> <laughs> he got, he got so do you believe this shit? <laughs> these were two guys. The two, guy? These were two little he boys that clearly clearly didn't care about girls. <laughs> <laughs> so great. You I bring the lotion water. next time. <laughs> <laughs> so then I became a frog, and I'm like, oh, the reason why pro wrestling was so enjoyable for me as a kid was because of Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're little, you just root for the, you want the good guy to beat up the bad guy. Right. But the good guy would almost be meaningless without the bad guy. So uh, I remember going to the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. I guess it was for like, it was about 10 years ago maybe 11 years ago, when uh, WrestleMania was in L.A., and all in one night, uh, like Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, the Iron Sheet, Nikolai Volkov, they all got, essentially my childhood, got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and Brett Ernst and myself won. And our tickets were so far away from the state that the Gibson Amphitheater would seat like 6,000 people. We were literally in the last row touching the ceiling. Wow. That's, I mean... So anyway, I, just was, I was still broke, and we had enough money for one T-shirt, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get Hogan. I'm not going to get. I'm, I'm going to get the Piper shirt. And uh, <laughs> Brett was like, No, I'm the old hot rod shirt. I can't believe they have it. I'm getting one too. And we bought Piper shirts. And then, like two, three years later, I got a call from Eric Abrams down at the uh, Hollywood Improv, and he was like, I'm putting together a show with Roddy Roddy Piper. Do you want to be a part of it? I was like, uh, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we did a show together, and that night we just became buddies. Like, but I, I was at the time I was the only comic that had wrestling specific material. <laughs> like, yeah, and everyone was like, "Did you write that stuff for tonight?" I'm like, "No, this is what I do every night." <laughs> <laughs> did you write that and Saturday think, night main event stuff tonight? <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I'm not that talented. I'm just. Uh, and what 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 kind of show was Piper doing at the time, Steve? Like, what was he doing? He was trying to figure it out, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, he, I think, was going to, like, headline that show, but then decided to, like, MC that show. Right. And he was experimenting with different jokes and different, different approaches to comedy, and that's how we really became friends, because his manager at the time, Noel, was like, uh, Roddy was really impressed with your comedy, and he could... You could tell her, like, I was a, a nice guy, you know? And she was like, he wants to come see perform comedy again. I was like, yeah. So then uh, Roddy came to the comedy store, and everybody went nuts. And then after that night, he invited me up to his house, and he was like, do you want to help me put together a, an act? Like, oh, man. How, yeah. how crazy is that? To like, I mean, is, the is like, the eight-year-old in Philly in you just like, how did this happen? This is why and, I moved and, to Los Angeles. And this by the crazy. way, by yeah, the way, the- it's 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 Rowdy Piper. It's not like Leaping Lanny Poffo invited you to his studio and received yeah, it's not Coco like- Beware. <laughs> <laughs> not, <laughs> not Hacksaw Jim. I mean, this is, like, a no, legit true. Yeah, Hacksaw but that, was pretty awesome. But, but, but this is Rowdy. Like, this is a big deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you think about the uh, that induction class. It's Hulk Hogan, Iron Sheik. Nikolai Volkov and Roddy Roddy Piper. I mean, if I thought back to my childhood, it's like those and Andre the Giant would be the yeah. w- would be the five guys I would think about out of the gates. You're great. Yeah, and then here's the coolest thing. This is I, so I lost a job over it. I was I was working for Court in Vegas. When he, back when he had the Playboy Comedy Tour, I was taking no flyers for the show. Right. And I'm, Court can't can't make it to Vegas Vegas this month. He's 
like, hey, what's going on? Is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, uh, the pro wrestling hall of fame induction. He was like, no, why? Why can't you make it? <laughs> but I'm like, because I'm really going to see pro wrestlers get inducted into the hall of fame. Into their and own hall of fame. Which sealed the deal is that Ric Flair is the one that introduced Piper. And Sylvester Stallone is the one that introduced Hogan. Oh, wow. Like the greatest night ever. So then how does it work then, totally Steve? Awesome. So you go up to Piper's house, right? Yep. And then and then what happens from there? I mean, because that's just a, just so – I mean, are you just well, driving up to the – it's surreal. Yeah. To be honest, like I, the whole time, because meeting somebody like Ronnie Piper, for the first time, it's kind of like meeting a comic book character. And I mean that in the best sense of the word. Like those guys, anybody that makes an impression upon – at least I think it makes an impression upon you as a kid – they hold a special place in your heart and a special place in your like in your psyche. They're they're more than human, and especially for me, like I, I the way I look at it is pro wrestling for me as a kid was kind of like comic books for a kid that didn't like to read. I didn't like to read, but I got the same sort of comic book. Like my younger brother would always read X Men mm-hmm. and uh, Spider Man, and I was like, I don't have time to read. I can't do it. But I'd watch my version of Good versus Evil every Saturday morning. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was yours. So when, so, so when I met Piper, I'm like, he didn't seem like a real human being. Like I was like, I can't believe this guy's real. Yeah. So then, um, in his house, and the truth was, and I wrote a joke about this, but like I'm hanging out with him, and I'm like, this is amazing. This is cool. The reason why he. He wanted, he came up to me after he saw me perform at the comedy store because I was doing a set about uh, babysitting my niece at the time and having an invisible tea party. And he, and I forgot that Piper was even in the audience. And then I was like, what are you doing? You're talking about drinking invisible tea and the toughest guy ever is out in the crowd. But that's what made him <laughs> like me. He's like, I have three daughters. I can tell you're a good guy. You know what? You want to come by my house and talk about maybe putting an act together. So now I'm hanging out with this guy who says he's got kids and he's a nice person. And um, But my inner 11-year-old was still talking. My inner 11-year-old was like, I don't think you should trust him. Remember what he did to Jimmy Superfly? Yeah. He's going to smash <laughs> coconut. Like, right. like, he's a bad guy. You know? Like, right. But he wasn't. He was the coolest dude ever and had this the most amazing life experience um, that, that was just perfect. I mean... I just miss him so much because there's so much more he could have shared with us. Like, the guy lived literally a thousand lives. So, like, I would sit at his feet and he'd just start telling me stories. He's like, well, I don't have anything interesting. But at that time, I got high with the ninjas. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then he had stories like that. He had stories about getting drunk with Andre the Giant. He had stories about getting into legit bar fights. Because back in the 70s and 80s, when he was coming up, professional wrestling was was not family entertainment. Like, he worked for promoters that if you got beat up outside the ring, you lost your job. And he worked for promoters that would encourage professional wrestlers to start bar fights. And he was so hated, and people took it so seriously in his era, that he would have to pay, like, the cook at Denny's 20 bucks not to spit his food and would have to go back in the kitchen and watch the guy make it. Oh, wow. Because people wanted to kill him. He was stabbed three times. Somebody... He had, a, he had a special jacket made so he, in case he got stabbed again in places where he could hide a gun. And the guy, it was a whole different 
was a whole different era. And I didn't realize that, like, guys from his era were the UFC stars of their time. Yeah. Like, that was probably the biggest thing I learned from Piper. Like, because when I was little, I thought it was 100% real. And somewhere as an adult, I came to the belief that it was 100% fake. Like, 100% stuntman fake. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm of the opinion, like, well, there's a gray line in there. Like, some, especially for Roddy's generation. Like, he was legitimately trained by this guy named Judo Dean LaBelle, who's a martial arts legend who was the guy that, uh, you know, taught Bruce Lee how to, how to grapple. The guy's only issued, like, 21 black belts. One was to Bruce Lee, another one was to Chuck Norris, and another one was to Roddy Piper, you know? Oh, like, the guy is considered the, the, the grandfather of MMA. And I really do... And I believe Jaleel White, White got one as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they need to do to bring back... So they need to bring some of these MMA fighters into pro wrestling and add that level of realism again. And I think little kids would lose their minds. Well, I, I remember that you, you did a show literally, I think, a month or two before Roddy had passed at uh, yeah. Meltdown, where it was like pizza and wrestling, right? Something like that? Yeah, it was... Uh, this is how cool God is. The first night I ever met Roddy was captured on film, that show we did at the Improv, mm -hmm. back in like 2009 or something like that. And then the last night I got to see Roddy uh, was back in the end of June, about a month before he passed. And that was all filmed too. It was the only live podcast I've ever done. And I was like, what if we threw a pizza party and hung out with Roddy Roddy Piper? That's <laughs> and, right, yeah. And we did it in a comic book shop. It would be like the most fun day ever. And that's what it was. Unbelievable Great. that you got to share that experience yeah. and have that. And, you know, Roddy has that moment in time, obviously, before he left us all. And, you know, it, thank you so much for sharing all those. But I, I got to tell you, too, it's like it's crazy because you watch like that Iron Sheik documentary. Sure. And there's a new Jake yeah. the Snake Roberts documentary that's coming out. Yeah. And you, you know, you watch The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. And you yeah. just realize, you know, especially as a stand-up comic, we tour, we travel, we see the dark side of humanity, I think, at times, you know, on yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. These guys live a, a, a much different life. I mean, it's... It's incredible the lives they've lived, especially that Iron Sheik one. It, it is so depressing yeah. and heart-wrenching to see yeah. what's become of our heroes or these, like you, like, you had, like you said, these superhero villains that over time, I don't know, it just like, it really makes me appreciate what they gave us and what they gave our childhoods especially because for those, yeah. what was it, Sundays, right, is when it was always on? Saturday mornings. I remember. Was it Sunday? When I was a kid, we had it Saturday morning. Uh, it was after all the cartoons, left. right? Yep. Yes, after cartoons was pro wrestling, and then you had Georgia Championship Wrestling on TBS when we got cable, which came on around five thirty or six on Saturdays. And then when the WWF really started to expand, you had Tuesday Night Titans, and then Raw came on. So there was a lot of wrestling programming. But even like when you're talking about Roddy getting the like that ja that special jacket so he couldn't get stabbed, like I wonder what that does to a man's psyche, especially at that time when everybody was watching wrestling. It just seemed like it, it was a pop culture kind of phenomenon. WrestleMania, nothing, yeah. that, nothing else. Like we grew up with WrestleMania, but before WrestleMania, there wasn't a WrestleMania. There wasn't any of that. Right. And then all of a sudden, uh, these guys, yeah. Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, and Andre, they made wrestling what it is. 
And I can't imagine being like the bad guy going out in public knowing that kids hate you. Like, did he ever oh. address anything like that? Yeah. We That's got to do something crazy to an adult's sure. mind. Like, I think it was the third podcast I ever did. Ronnie came over to my apartment and he just got and he said, I'm sorry. Vulnerable. It was, dude, he told, okay, he made this great distinction about all the stuff we're talking about. Mm -hmm. He was like, the guys that are pro wrestlers now, he was like, everybody understands essentially that they're playing a part. Right. He was like, you know, Mick Foley could come out and be Mick Foley. He could be Cactus Jack. He could be Dude Love. And everybody knew that, that he was, that, that there was an entertainment value to it. Mm -hmm. He was like, I was Roddy Piper 24 7. He was like, there was no distinction between right. how the people perceived me as a human being and perceived me as a wrestler. So people would start fights with him. They had to live that life. And just the toll it must have taken on him. Like, I remember once him telling, like, he, I mean, I don't know how personal this should get, but like, he would have to, like, you know, beat people up and stuff like that. And he'd be out with his kids. Jeez. You know, it was brutal. Yeah, because you... Time. As an entertainer, you're going into wrestling just thinking, I got to put food on the table, I got a family. And it's like, okay, right. well, you're, you're going to be a good guy and you happen to be a bad guy. It's like, okay, well, that's the gig, I'll be a bad guy. And you're going out and you're just making a check, you're probably having a beer with the good guy after the match, but you can't tell the general public that. And the public just thinks you're an asshole. Right. I mean, it's got to be crazy. And it's not just like a town or a city or this it's the world thinks you're a bad guy yeah i mean it's it, yeah that's awful i don't know got real sad here but i, yeah, I, I, I like mean, i mean that's one of the things that started <laughs> i will say this we did a roddy and i used to do a podcast together it was called the rock pod and it was awesome. Yeah. Because like, it was just another excuse to hang out and have laughs with one of my heroes. And I remember once we did an episode with the legend, Taxel Jim Duggan, who is hilarious and so funny and nice. But he told a heartbreaking story that back in the 80s, he was like feuding with the Iron Sheik, right? Taxel was like everything USA. Remember he'd come out, oh, yeah, yeah. and he'd have like two by four and like a red, white, and blue bandana. Anyway, he got busted in. Uh, in the in a car, with partying the with the sheik, like they were, yeah, yeah, and then like the sheik had drugs and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, it was so embarrassing. It was the worst because we're supposed to be hating each other. Here we are, we got busted. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're doing an like, Eiffel oh. Tower the night before in a Holiday Inn. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh god, this is the worst. He's like, oh no, it's even worse. He was like, I'm from a little small town in upstate New York. My dad's the chief of police, and I'm like, oh, don't tell me that. He's like, yeah, and we get caught with drugs in the car, and that's so embarrassing. And I'm like, oh, no. And he's like, no, it gets worse. <laughs> I got busted with the other chief the day before. I was supposed to get the key to the city. Oh, oh wow. God. Wow. I'm like, oh, my God, no. He told that story on our podcast. Jeez, oh, man. Well, those guys, they, I, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's a job, but I think that they sacrifice so much more with your occupation, because the Iron Sheik, he addressed that in, in the documentary as well, and just how... He got fired, didn't he? They, he got yeah. fired, and it, it kind of took the lid off of wrestling in terms of letting people yeah. know, hey, this is real, this is not real, it's it's fake. And 
then kids got to see it, and it just and, and drugs were involved. And you're not thinking, oh, my heroes don't do drugs, and you it's, know, it's it's, it's, all, it's also right. interesting. Steve, I saw a picture uh, a couple days ago of Bobby the Brain Heenan, and it's just it's it's yeah sad to kind of see you know what uh, what what did he had lung cancer? I I I think it might have been jaw cancer. Ja- yeah, I don't and know it's what just, he's fighting. I I, I saw well, a picture of him. It doesn't look like the same guy at all. It's so sad. I, you know what I think's really sad? It was the demands. Like you, Bern, you make a good point. It was just guys just trying to put food on the table. Yeah, and like you have guys like Nikolai Volkov who escaped communist Yugoslavia, defected because he he hated communism. And then it's like, oh, okay, buddy. Like he told me certainly when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, and I, I may be getting it wrong because I'm trying to remember back ten years ago. But essentially, he like was an Olympic weightlifter. Smuggled, smuggled himself out of the country with like 11 bucks in his pocket. And then it's like, you hate communism, but now you're going to pretend to be Russian. <laughs> you're, the, you're the face of communism. Yeah. 20,000 people boo you for loving communism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like... we, we always used to, when we would go to the matches, Steve, we would try to get as close to the ring as possible. And then we were always rooting for the bad guy. So our, our whole thing was like when... <laughs> When the good guys would come around, they would be the guys slapping the hands, like, around the ring. Yeah. And I just remember so many times, like, they would come around, like, I remember Hillbilly Jim high-fiving him. And he looked right at me, and I gave him the middle finger. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Jesus, and, like, Gary. And they're, they're thrown because <laughs> they don't know how to handle that, right? Yeah. And then, you know, when they introduce, like, you know, Volkov or the Sheik, <laughs> you know, we're the ones standing for the <laughs> national anthem. You should put... You should put on your resume, Dave Middle. <laughs> <laughs> Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> I just, I just remember, like, yeah. Do you remember, obviously, Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo? Like, they, oh yeah. They, oh, they, I haven't yeah. heard those names since like eighth grade. Holy they shit! Came, they came running around the ring, and obviously they're shaking hands because they're fighting the Sheik and Volkov. And uh, uh, again, the second they're about to high five me, I'm like, fuck you guys. Brian Rotundo, that name, just the name, it sounds like every guy that was the first to finger a girl in seventh grade. <laughs> Oh, you don't know about Brian Rotundo? Yeah, he fingered Stacy Kuchowski back by the dumps. It just that's a great name. Brian no, it's, Rotundo. No, it's Mike Rotundo. Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. Oh, yeah, Mike or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I haven't heard those names forever. Hey, Mike Rotundo's son's a pro wrestler now. Oh, he is? This guy Brian Wyatt. Yeah. Have, have you have you met any other wrestlers from that era, Steve, that were just it was just amazing? Uh yeah, I I remember once. I would go out on the road with and we would do stand-up shows. But the stand-ups were usually in conjunction with wrestling events. So I remember this one weekend in Milwaukee, we did stand-up comedy. But then he also had a wrestling engagement. So I had a ride with him, the wrestling promoter, and Road Warrior uh, Animal. And a car oh, wow. a wrestling gig. And it was... Because um, Road Warriors were my favorite tag team ever. And then when <laughs> Animal found out that I was a comedian, he he just wanted to make me laugh and tell me <laughs> all these amazing stories. Oh, wow. But you, you know, it's so funny you say that. Uh, so George the Animal Steel, his real name was Jim Myers, I think. Was that true, Steve? St- Jim Myers? Yeah, he's got a book out, too. I, I still need to get that book. So, but I, so like a, a teacher. Jim, he was a uh, football coach at a school in Madison Heights, Michigan, 
And this is kind of rem- – I remember when, you know, I, I got the door open and exposing everything that was fake. But I so I remember somebody showed me a yearbook of Jim Myers with his football team, and he's standing there like normal. And you're like, wait a minute, where's the green tongue, and how can he be standing there contained if he's this crazy guy? And so I remember at the time we would call the school all the time and be like, can we talk to Jim Myers? And they'd be like, hold on, <laughs> hold on a second. And they would never patch us through. So I think, like, oh, wow. So, but he was this guy, you know, this crazy wrestler. Yeah. And yet a football coach on the side. You know what I mean? It was just, you know, and the door was exposed. But, and I remember it was almost a year ago that I got to meet Hogan and Jimmy Hart at the airport in Chicago, which was just, and they were awesome. both super nice. They were both great. Yeah, you tweeted a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, the greatest. I remember being a kid and there was a mall by us, and the first celebrity I ever met. Like as a, as a kid, as you're growing up, you're living your life. Yeah, you go to the Great Adventure, you meet Captain America. But the first actual celebrity I ever saw in my life was Tito Santana. Sure, Arriba, oh Arriba, Arriba. Yeah, and he had a signing there, and he shows up in the getup and everything, which I guess today would be considered racist. <laughs> but there he was, and I was the like, "That's a." In pro wrestling is just astronomical. Was there a line to meet him? Oh, there was a, an enormous yeah. line. And it was like me and a bunch of other, you know, eight-year-old, seven-year-old boys, like, yeah. waiting to meet him and uh, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. They were oh, both wow. there. So oh, it, was, it was pretty awesome. Oh, I got their autographs. And, you know, you take a picture. And this is back in the day when no phone, yeah. you know, you got to, you know, you, I hope I Get got the it. photo developed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would, I would have I would have loved in the day to have met Paul Orndorff, I think, or like a Big John Stud or, you know <laughs> Big what I mean? John Never Stud. Big, yeah. That name i mean it doesn't get better than that <laughs> big john stud that's awesome i remember this is this is no joke this is no joke so some sometimes steve we wouldn't get tickets for the event we would go down and hang out at joe lewis arena and we knew the doors where they would enter you know and drive their cars into like the artist entrance area so we would just go hang yeah. out and we would just wait try to get pictures and i'll never forget uh, terry funk um and who was who was his partner jimmy jack funk Dory Funk. Dory Funk. So they literally, <laughs> this is no joke, they're pulling into the garage, the, the artist entrance, and Terry Funk has the Lone Ranger mask on. So it's like he, he, he didn't want to expose his eyes. Like he's literally wearing the Lone Ranger mask. And I just remember like going to see, we'd get pictures after, you know, as they were coming out. And we, you know, you, that's when you kind of realized too, it was bullshit too, when like the bad guys would pose and be super cool. And you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, okay, wait a minute, you know? And I remember one time, this is kind of what I knew too. We were inside the wrestling match and my brother took us and he didn't want to go in. And when we came out, my brother said, you're not going to believe this. I just saw the Iron Sheik smoking pot right around the corner. And I'm like, you're full of shit. He's like, I just saw him. And I'm like, you're full. Stop. You are not telling me the truth. Like, I really, I didn't want to believe it that he was smoking weed. And then it turns out he was in a car with Hacksaw Jim Duncan. Well, Simone, we cannot thank you enough. And we got to play, I mean, I got to play this for Simone because he's just, you know, Every all th- all good things come to an end, I guess. So, we were asking, what's what's a better song for Hogan coming out to the ring, Real American or Eye of the Tiger? It's such a difficult choice. I can't do that. I said Eye of the Tiger. I will say that Real American was written originally for Mike Rotundo. Oh, it was. Yeah, Hogan stole that because that's when I typed in first copyright law. Did you see the Hogan sex tape? Now. Oh, liar. Yeah. <laughs> Simone, where can they find you? Uh, on awesomesteve.com. I want both you guys to come on good time, too. Because this is the best. Like, I'm in such a good 
Well, we love you. Uh, download, remember this. Simone is a huge Van Halen fan, so we're playing some Van Halen to set yep. him off. Thank you so much for calling in, Simone, and listen to his his podcast, Good Times, at All Things Comedy. Thank you, Simone. Thank you, Steve. All right, thank you, Bonnie. Take care. Love Bye, you, guys. Uh, where can I, I find you, guy. Gary? Canon Comedy underscore <laughs> Terry Funk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, this might be the longest podcast we've ever done. It's been, yeah, we've had long ones. Yeah, that was it was good, though. But that was fun. It was fun so hearing, fun. like, Mike Raton and all those, like, great names. I haven't heard those names forever. So fun. So awesome. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our wrestling episode with wrestling aficionado and huge fan Steve Simone. Uh, find us, all things comedy. Keep the reviews coming in, guys. We appreciate it.